The search continues for a former Grand Valley State University. Colin Finnerty hasn't been seen in a couple Dozens days. Dozens of people and also canine units have just been scouring this area looking for any It was last seen about 8.30 that night. going on right now, but the weather is hampering Finnerty the was not familiar with the area. Still unclear what may have happened to Colin Finnerty. So far, though, search crews have found nothing. Welcome to episode 236 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I'm your host and the place to be on this Veterans Day. But sitting right across from me is the brown recluse, Mr. Art Trail. Art, say hello to the millions. And millions. What the fuck is going on, America? Guys, as promised, I do have information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. That's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I promise. Don't worry. It's coming. It's coming in a small box. Don't worry. Um, it's in the box. Yeah, but guys, go to kmancoffee.com, check out their entire inventory of the coffee beans, the hibiscus tea, the cacao butter, the sweatpants, the hats, everything under the sun you will ever need and ever comprehend. Uh, use promo code AMERICA for a checkout to receive 15% off. Shows that you care, shows that you, know, you appreciate us. Tag yourself wearing the hat, drinking the hibiscus tea, drinking the coffee beans. Tag us, tag them. We care. They care. And it shows that the whole world cares. It, it's like that Pepsi commercial where like everyone's drinking a Pepsi, <laughs> but but with caveman coffee. Okay. And then Kendall Jenner gives you the fucking uh, caveman coffee yeah. to solve all your problems. Someone Photoshop Kendall Jenner um, holding a caveman coffee and tag us, tag them. That way you don't have to buy anything. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sponsors, guys, make sure you head on over to SukerApparel.com, ran by the great and powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch. Uh, she has an array of merchandise on her shop that she designed herself. I don't think I've driven that fact home enough. Um, she is an independent, great artist. So if you want to support strong, independent women who are great artists, head on over to SukerApparel.com. Grab whatever you want. Grab the whole store. Grab a couple items. It doesn't matter. But when you grab whatever items you want to grab... Christmas is coming, guys, and clothing is something when you're in your mid-30s like us, uh, new clothes feel great on a Christmas day. Not a bunch of fucking worthless-ass bullshit from the 99-cent store. Uh, get yourself some Sucre socks, enter promo code Art and Jacob, and Nicole will give you 10% off your entire purchase. But guys, we are not here to talk about Kendall Jenner or Kylie Jenner or whoever the fuck, or Sucre socks, as badasses 
both of those things are as beautiful mm-hmm. and lovely as all I of those Jesus things are. I saw Jesus was drinking coffee from a sucre cup. Yeah, a sucre cup. He was having a, a fucking mocha latte or some shit. Oh, was he? Yeah. Uh, but cool. we're not here to talk about mocha lattes coming out of a uh, mocha latte man, such as Jesus Fuentes himself. Uh, Art, what are we here to talk about today? Uh, we're going to talk about NFL legend. No, he's not. <laughs> NFL player. Former uh, NFL player. Uh-huh. Uh, Colin Finnerty, is that correct? Colin Finnerty, yes. Okay. I, I had trouble with that name so much. Uh, this is a case that's been on the radar for a very short time for me, but it's I thought it was very interesting. Thought it was a little. I like mystery cases. I like murder mysteries. I like all kinds of these weird mysteries. Anytime that there's something weird out there, I love. I love it. I love it. Insert an unsolved mysteries uh, theme song underneath. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember the song. Demonetized from YouTube, right there. Yeah, that's enough. That's too much. Yeah, you owe sixteen dollars, Art and Jacob. That's too much, dude. This is basically like Tim Tebow before Tim Tebow. Like Tim Tebow had like no no like passing abilities or anything like that that's that's basically colin finnerty like it's it's a dude who like had like high school level passing skills maybe some college level passing skills but like definitely did not make in the pros like like uh like tim tebow (laughs) didn't have the tim tebow looks though to keep keep doing it didn't sell the tim tebow jerseys jesus was not his passenger yeah i guess um that Jesus thing sells. What if we become like a Christian podcast? Do you think our numbers would go up like super high? Probably. We'd probably be invited to go to Valley Bible to like live casting the Sunday service. Aren't service, Jacob, service, service, service. Aren't Jacob do the Lord? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't Jacob do Jesus? Do Jesus, yeah. And we're going to fucking hell for that one. Really? You think so? Yeah, we are. <laughs> fucking Jesus dead. would understand. Yeah, Jesus got a sense of humor. Yeah. Um, I saw South Park once. South Park is cool. Yeah, but anyways, uh, Colin Finnerty, like Art was saying, was a former football player. Uh, growing up, he was a pretty badass player. I think he had the winningest um, winning percentage. <laughs> he has he up until that time he had the highest winning percentage for college quarterbacks, regardless of whatever division. But yeah. um, going throughout his life, um, sports was a very big deal. He excelled at basketball, baseball. Uh, and especially football, which I mean, baseball is labeled as America's f- pastime. But let's face it, dude, in it's the football. 1960s, maybe <laughs> like 22 could do when fucking Lucky Luciano was fucking popping off, like dude, maybe. I, but like, as far as I've been alive, like football has been king. Ba- let's face it, baseball is that one thing you watch when there's nothing else to watch. That's yeah, the and, summer thing. Yeah, it's cool, but it's it's not football cool. No, even like going to a football game is like. No, it's, it's completely different than a baseball game. You can read a book during a baseball game. <laughs> like, you can't do that during a football game. No, you cannot. And um, Colin, he actually really excelled at football uh, throughout elementary, junior high, high school. Uh, he kind of reminded me a little bit about Ben Roethlisberger, who had not lost a game up until, like, maybe his third week as a pro. Uh, that was a story of Colin Finnerty. Um, he actually goes to um, college... Well, I forgot to write down the college here. Uh, he went uh, to a few colleges. Yeah, he went to uh, a Division two school, uh, Grand Valley uh, Grand Valley uh, State University, uh, which was a Division uh, two uh, college football program. And I believe, like the year before he got there, they won the uh, the championship. And then the year he did get there, they won a championship as well. And they had like this hot shot quarterback. 
but he was, you know, as college is, you know, those guys are there for two or three years and they got to move them out of the program because they're going re- getting ready for the pros, right? The big or time. just graduating. Yeah, or just graduating. Most guys do. Yeah, those guys a, don't make it the pro. Like, yeah, it's true, <laughs> as you'll see here. Uh, but uh, the head coach had a difficult decision to make uh, because he had these two hot shot quarterbacks. He had this Cole Infinity guy who who hadn't lost a game period in his life. He does he didn't he didn't know what the taste of an L tasted like. And uh, he had this one quarterback that had delivered him two national championships. Uh, but the problem with his you know current starting quarterback was he was pretty safe. Uh, he compared the two quarterbacks as if. Uh, if uh, his other quarterback was, you know, driving in, you know, the slow lane, uh, Finnerty, he was, you know, going 100 miles per hour in the fast lane, passing everyone he could. Because uh, Finnerty had, like, this reckless way of playing on the football field. You mentioned he was kind of like Tim Tebow. Uh, so what Art means by that is is most quarterbacks, they're about 6'3 to 6'5, uh, kind of thin, not very strong or thick. Uh, but they're just basically there just to see over the linemen and throw a football down the field. Uh, but Colin Finnerty much like Tim Tebow was built like a brick shit house. Like he was like six foot three, uh, 265 pound, which is a very large individual. He could run the football. And they, a lot of his teammates said he embraced hitting, uh, you know, uh, an off an alignment or a linebacker that was out to tackle him. He actually put fear in the eyes of the defenders because he was just like, there was no fear in this man, which becomes a theme later on. Uh, but this led to a very physical style of play, like very reckless style of play, which once you get into the NFL, like, you know, players like this, such as like Michael Vick or a Vince Young, you know, they start to experience a lot of injuries. Not with Colin. Like he would just take those licks and just keep on moving. Like he was kind of like a Marshawn Lynch, if you will, or Jerome Bettis. Just, was well, just he never really made it to that level of like those guys. But like in college, co- college, college wise, wise, yeah, yeah. but like. Even then, it's like Michael Vick was like next level, like athlete, like that dude. Super, like maybe like I'm trying to think who's probably the closest. Like Lamar Jackson is probably like that other dude that's mm-hmm. like that level, like ridiculous, like making people look ridiculous. But like, yeah, he was super tough and like, but not super smooth like those guys. Like he was full on taking contact, telling his teammates that he embraced the contact and he was all right with it. And his teammates cheered him on on this thing, on like. On, on his journey into being this like tough guy quarterback he played with a broken collarbone didn't tell anyone that he had mm-hmm. a broken collarbone but he was just that tough guy that was just willing to like grind it out grind it out and be that guy that tough guy kind of thing and it's um and i can't imagine anything possibly being going bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh but he and i mean his college career i believe he wins three national championships mind you i mean it is division two it's not division one which is like the tip top or whatever but that's still a big deal you know you have people that have been playing football since you know they were nine years old like in the pop warner peewee leagues and whatnot and you get to this level it's i mean even when you're in elementary school if you win fucking state or city it's still a big deal and he won it three times and that's something to be said. He won all sorts of awards, you know, for a style of play. Like Art was saying, you know, when he re- when he got to the end of his college career, he had the winningest percentage of any college football, regardless of division one, two, or three. He was fifty-one and four. Yeah, which is which is pretty good. Which is pretty goddamn good. Um, but he go- thinks like, okay, it's time. It's time to get drafted into the NFL. And I think every when you look at any player. Like, they always think that they're going to be, like, you know, first or second round, you know, pick or whatnot, right? I mean, we're from Bakersfield. We've had several 
uh, NFL quarterbacks, you know, come out of our backyard, Der- Derek and David Carr, uh, Jordan Love, you know, the Green Bay Packers, um, you know, several like running Cody backs. Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler, several running backs and wide receivers. Um, I actually took a, did some government work, I should say, on um, somebody that played for the Buffalo Bills uh, who was from Wasco. Uh, it was amazing to see like in person, like this six foot three, 380 pound guy come into my office. Um, but yeah, we, we always have people come in and they always think like, okay, I'm going to be like the next fucking John Elway. I'm going to be the next fucking Patrick Mahomes or whatnot. They always have that mentality because growing up, you know, they were the man, you know, whatever school they were at. And the same thing for Cole Infinity, like all throughout his life, he was known as the, the Midwest Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and I think that it's important for people to realize, like when you're in high school, there's a certain level to the game. There's a certain speed to the game. And then once you go up to college, it becomes faster. It becomes harder. People hit harder. People mm-hmm. run faster. People understand the game more. Uh, and then once you go from college to the pros, it intensifies by, you know, everyone's fast now. Like, everyone here is fast. Everyone is putting in the work. Everyone is doing, doing you know, there's a few guys that are just naturally gifted at that point. Mm. And some of those dudes are the guys that, like, you know, have, like, flash in the pan seasons and then burnout kind of thing because they didn't weren't put in the work or whatever. But even then it's like, everyone's going so much faster. The talent level is so much harder. Like it's it. So if you're not a big sports person, that's what, that's one thing that is very important to understand that once you get to the pros in the NFL, like it is the best of the best. Like mm-hmm. those offensive linemen, you know, like the dude that was like a second string, like there's nobody there that's second string. Like the dudes that are even making the practice squads, those would be like like killing it in college kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. it's it's completely different level of football. Yeah. So he enters the draft. Unfortunately for him, he doesn't get drafted. Uh and this is in two thousand and seven. Uh but he is picked up by the Ravens after the draft. Uh, to play on the practice squad. And when you're on the practice squad, you're basically trying to get the starters ready for, uh, you know, the next team that they're playing. You know, um, let's take the Chicago Bears. Uh, who, who, who are they playing next? Um, they play the Baltimore Ravens in play, a week from now. Yeah, so they're playing the Baltimore Ravens. So basically, Collins' uh, job would be to kind of mirror, I don't know if you'd be able to mirror Lamar Jackson, but let's say there's a quarterback on there with comparable style to their starting quarterback, Colin would have to replicate that on the practice squad for the starters so they know who to prepare for. So you're kind of you're you're masquerading as a pro basically until like something happens where you can actually enter the game. Uh, he does this for the Ravens in 2007, uh, gets cut, and then goes on to the Broncos in 2008, does the same thing. Um, I don't believe he actually sees any time, professional time on the field at all. Uh, but ends up getting uh, cut by the Broncos, and he goes overseas, I believe, to Austria. And, you know, yeah, maybe- yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. That was like a short-lived time. I don't think he was actually running a scout team. I think he was mostly just practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was short-lived in the NFL. Obviously, those skills don't translate. Like, you don't need an a, a quarterback that all he does is like smash through people because mm-hmm. the dudes that are gonna smash you are like way bigger and way stronger. Like, that's not gonna work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, this time in the in the uh, European league or whatever he goes to doesn't work out that well either. Mm-hmm. Comes back to America and now he's in the Arena League. In the Arena League, I want to point out this time we had the Bakersfield Blitz. Yes. And uh, did you ever go to a Bakersfield Blitz game? One. Did you? Was it fun? It's pretty cool. 
Okay, I never went to one, but yeah. I always thought like, man, that'd be a really cool thing to do. Like yeah. go see a big show blitz game. It didn't survive just because it's it's almost like it's like the XFL. Like if it's not the pros, then you know the novelty kind of wears off. But yeah, he he kind of kills it in that arena as well. Uh, but eventually, um, by like 2009, uh, he finds himself out of football. And I gotta say, you, I want to point put a pin on this. Like whenever you've been doing something for so long and you have like this dream of doing something for the rest of your life, you grew up with probably, he probably grew up with pictures of fucking Troy Aikman or Dan Marino or fucking John Elway on his fucking, you know, above his bed or whatever. Like you, you want to do that. You hear former athletes, like once that career ends, whether it's at the end of a very successful career or like one year into like after the draft, it's always like the most depressing thing to hear, like a full grown man, like spill out his like heartbreak. Uh, yeah. But given all that, Colin kind of has pretty a, a good successful life. He has a wife. He has two children. He seems really happy. He gets a job like as a medical salesman. Yeah. And he's actually like promoted relatively quickly because I guess he's like killing it you yeah. know, during this job. Well, that's actually when his life starts coming together. Once his like NFL career comes to an end, mm-hmm. like, as it's winding down, that's when he meets his wife. That's when he, like, actually, were they married? I'm not exactly sure when they got married, but, like, they started having a life together, like children and all that shit, like, after all this. Yeah, so, like, it all starts coming together for him, basically, around that time period once the NFL career comes to an end. And you're right, like, that's a pretty good trade-off, like, um, getting a pretty good career after and, like, meeting someone that you're like willing to start a family with. And, um, it's, uh, I think, I I honestly think that that was like the best thing for him. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, for some people like NFL is just not, it's too fast, man. It's too hard. It's, 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 it's only meant for like the 1% of the 1%. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, really like tough, tough game. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he bonds really well with her family, and I think that that's another one of those things to like really keep in mind that like him and his family, him and her family became really close. Yeah, that's a rare thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if you want to go to the events of the day. Let's go ahead and jump to it, sir. So, speaking of his family or him becoming close to her family, they all organize like this big trip, a big fishing trip to go. Um, what's the name of that river? The uh, Baldwin River in Michigan. Um, so they organized this big trip over there. It's like a whole family like outing event. And um, it pretty much seems all normal. Everything's looking good. Everyone's having fun. It's um, I think it was Memorial, Memorial Day. Day weekend. Yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend. So they're all just out there for the three days. And then it's basically time to go home. And he's like, you know what? I think I, I want to get some more fishing in before we take off. Um, so he takes his boat. I forgot what kind of boat. It was like a really specific boat um, mm-hmm. that he had. Um, so, and it's it's a really strange boat because he was wearing those overalls, the kind that fishermen wear so they don't get wet. So he goes out there. She, he tells his wife, hey, call me in about 45 minutes, um, and then I should be done fishing, and then uh, we'll take off from here. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, cool, it makes sense, whatever, Let's let's do this. Um, about 45 minutes pass and she does receive a phone call from him and basically he sounds frantic. He's saying, Hey, there's two men. I can't see them, but I can hear them talking. They're off in the distance in, in between the trees. And I think they're following me. Um, and basically full on panic. Like he sounds like he's like panicking and, um, 
he tells his wife like, "Hey, I gotta, I gotta get off this boat and I gotta take my clothes off." Yes. Um, I, I gotta get out of here. And then she's like, "No, what, what's going on?" And basically, he hangs up. And then that's all we know of of that conversation. But all we know is that he's he's panicking at this point. Totally not like him in in like the grand scheme of things. Uh, he didn't seem like a very panicked guy. Um, and the documentary, like I was watching, it was like a Fox Sports documentary. They kind of ignore all of that, everything that you said, and they kind of like go like through all the facts that we just went over. And they made it a point to say like he was a fearless individual. If anybody was ever tried to abduct him, it, like it would have been a struggle if that happened. And he said that like you know there was never any fear in him. Like teammates would always say that like he was the first one to jump into any um, confrontation or whatever. Like he welcomed it, just like he was like on the football field. He was just taking that shit head on, and. Another documentary I saw was talking about that, and they said that it was just like strange that he would have that type of reaction given how fearless he was. And this is like when the kind of the truth starts to to trickle out. And a lot of those documentaries came out like right after his death, but a lot of other stuff started to trickle out where like a year previous to this, he had a whole mental breakdown as well. Yeah, so he has a, a big man- mental breakdown where he, again he feels like he's being followed. By the FBI. Uh, by the FBI. He's driving. He's driving around town. Doesn't really know where to go. He eventually goes to a family member's house. He actually is coming from Detroit. They believe they live like in Michigan somewhere. And like he takes, instead of going left to, you know, whatever town in Michigan that they live, he goes to Grand Rapids, which like is the right from mm-hmm. there. So I think they lived in his hometown. I think it was Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But, um, but yeah, basically he goes completely wrong direction goes to a family member's house and he's saying like they're following me i know that there there's a car following me and he has that episode and it gets kind of identified as like a just a isolated incident nothing to look at here mm-hmm. but it is something to 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 speculate at mm-hmm. and and as we'll we'll talk about theories that we have um but at this point those mood swings that that kind of erratic way of thinking um, it is a little bit like telling of like a brain injury and CTE, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about as one of the possible theories. But that's you know that's one of the things that happens when people like suffer brain injuries or having some kind of like brain trauma. Uh, that mood swings will happen. Um, and people will start becoming kind of illogical, and that seems to be what's going on there with him. Mm-hmm. So. after a while like you were saying after the 45 minutes and you know they're not really able to get a hold of him after that conversation um in the woods uh the family starts to you know just call a cell phone and like he's not responding and so i believe like they get a hold of like the cell phone carrier and like they're actually like pinging like his um his cell phone like all over like that forest and they would find it, you know, a mile away from well, where they. Well, there took was off. one time that they did get a hold of him, and okay. I think it was um, his brother-in-law calls him, and he answers the the brother-in-law, and he's like, "Where are you, man?" And he's like, um, "I'm being followed, man. Things aren't good right now." And he's like, "Well, what's going on?" He's like, "Things aren't good," and then just hangs up. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's the last time that they talked to him. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then she calls the police, and then they were like, "Well, let's get his like. He obviously has his phone on him. Let's try to like find him with his cell phone." 
And yeah, the pinging is all over the place. Yeah, like so they would like find him. They would find his cell phone pinging like a mile away from they dropped him off at. Uh, then the next like you know uh, cycle of pinging, like it would be four miles away, and then it would go back to like two miles. So he's like running all over like this forest. And you're mind you, this is a six foot three, two hundred sixty pound individual. I mean, say what you will. Yeah, he might not have made it in the NFL, but this is still a fucking athlete. And he's, like, covering ground, like, rapidly all over. Like you said, you would think, like, the motherfucking Russians were after him and shit at this point. It seems like somebody that was having a full-on uh, fucking panic attack or fucking literally, like, running for their lives. Like, nobody just does that to do that. You know, I don't care if you're training for the Olympics. Like, that's just it's not going to happen. And so, finally, they start to lose, they lose signal on him. Apparently, like the phone dies or whatnot, and so they start this search, almost immediately for his body, and they can't find him anywhere. Yeah, I mean, this is that to me is one of the things the the that's interesting. The pinging thing of the cell phones, I thought panic attack as well when when I first saw that and read that, because that is essentially like the illogical part of like the panic attack that you just want to get up and go, like run whatever, like you don't know what the fuck is happening, like. Mm-hmm. Like, your heart's racing a 1,000 miles per hour, and you just want to go, 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 because um, you don't want your heart to explode, basically. So, <laughs> I mean, that's essentially, like, I I, th- I think that that's, that's a logical answer, and I, I, I buy into that. There's also an illogical answer <laughs> that I, I read a lot online that was, like, that's pretty wild that we would jump to these conclusions, but... Um, um, but eventually, are we already at the point where we, they find his body? Is yeah. Right? So eventually they find his body. Um, I believe it was a mile and a half away from where they actually find his boat. So they find his boat, like, you know, ashore. Uh, it looked like it hadn't been disturbed at all. So, like, about a day later, so, like, on the 28th, uh, they find his boat like he like he had just gotten off of it or whatever. They, they parked on its on its way on shore or whatever. So that, they don't even know if, if he meant to do that or if, like, he meant – because it kind of – is they find it and it's kind of crashed against the the shore, mm-hmm. so they don't know if he did that on purpose or if like that was an accident. He was already freaking out and just crashed it on purpose. I saw the picture of it and it looked like just like whenever I know the boat you're talking about, and I'm not a fisherman, so I don't know how yeah, exactly fucking you're making model of it or whatever. But yeah, it just looks like okay, this is how I'm going to be able to park this boat on land, you know, mm-hmm. without a proper dock or whatever. It doesn't look like anything fishy, but it looks like the the way he did it. And it was literally like a straight shot, so a mile and a, a mile and a half straight shot. They find him in some foliage, and you know, within a clearing, face down, with him clutching a cell phone like this. And I believe they didn't find any trauma on him whatsoever. All of his clothes were on his body. You mentioned that he, you know, was trying to t- he wanted to take his clothes off to lose these individuals or whatever. Fully clothed, no trauma, uh, but they did notice a little bit of blood coming out of his nose, which once they do the autopsy is because, you know, he asphyxiated himself uh, from vomiting. So he inhaled some of the vomit. So some blood came out of his nose. But um, other than that, he looked perfectly fine. So, yeah, I mean, the uh, the inhaling of the vomit is a story that I had heard before. Not in this case, but I had heard someone dying of uh, of of drowning in their own vomit before, which I always think is like, oh, it's so brutal and disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is one thing that they find that was abnormal. So I mentioned that he was wearing those fishing overalls. Um, one of the fishing overalls was like, like you know, when you like... Uh, Ring out a rag or something? Like, yeah, basically like tangled up. Um, and it was only one side that was like completely tangled up. Um, but he was still wearing it. It still was on, so... They kind of speculated, like, maybe he did take his clothes off and he put it back on and it was 
they didn't put it on right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were just kind of like, we don't know what's up with that, but his clothes was kind of like put on strange, which is not how he was seen the morning of. Um, so that's just one thing, you know, on, on one point for the people that are like, oh, something weird happened here. Yeah. Um, foul play. Some foul play. Yeah. And then also a couple of things are found in his body. Uh, so one, he is found to have an enlarged heart. Um, so that's already, you know, concerning, concerning that he had an enlarged heart. Uh, he also, as we said earlier, he did drown in his own vomit. He had, he had, didn't drown he like breathed it in uh as he was vomiting i think that that sounds like a panic attack like you're vomiting and you're just taking these giant gasps of air that he was probably like inhaling it as as he was vomiting um so that kind of sounds like to me it also i think the nose the bloody nose is probably closer of him just like literally falling face first (laughs) and giving himself a bloody nose possibly yeah um just so many strange like things about the body, but at the same time, nothing that abnormal. I would say like they don't find any like, you know, any head trauma in the sense that like he looked beat up or mm-hmm. anything like he was stabbed or anything like no foul play, um, but just kind of enough to be like, yeah, it looks kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have anything else on the body itself. <laughs> well, I mean, they did say that like his lungs were a little bit cloudy, not due to the, um, they, they guess they landed on pneumonia yeah. due to, uh, you know, inhaling the vomit and whatnot. Uh, but they did notice that like long-term cloudiness of his lungs, which indicated like some sort of like abuse of some kind of medication. And when they did the toxicology, like once that comes out and whatnot, they did find that he had elevated levels of oxycodone. And so, I looked into like, you know, some of the side effects of it because with any drug out there, whether it be fucking ibuprofen or fucking Moderna two shot fucking vaccine or whatever, there's going to be some kind of side effects. So some of the side effects of oxycodone, especially elevated levels of oxycodone, uh, is drowsiness, headache, dizziness, tiredness, nausea, and vomiting. Another thing that he was doing that day was drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot. So, so uh, the oxycodone and the uh, and the alcohol is just a bad mix. Mm-hmm. Um, that's essentially a painkiller, and which kind of tells you a little something about like where he was like physically, where like pain was it? Pain was like a a, th- a thing in his life, basically. Mm-hmm. Which, understandably, so a lot of NFL players once they leave their their playing career, they they deal with a lot of pain. Not really talked about. Obviously, the NFL doesn't want to do a pain appreciation day of like all these dudes with like fucked up fingers and like Calvin Johnson's like messed up hand and all this shit. Like they don't really shine a spotlight on that stuff, but, uh, dudes do leave the NFL with a lot of like pain and like, yeah, trauma in their life. Well, you're basically getting into a car accident over and over again each Sunday, every week. Yeah. Even like, even like Peyton Manning, he talked about how like, his like nerve endings didn't heal right. And he doesn't have any feeling in his left hand and uh, stuff like that. Like, so he gives that, himself a stranger. Yeah, it's basically a stranger. <laughs> yeah, that that guy's weird, man. <laughs> Pain Manning. He's had the weird shit. You know, in college, and people don't talk about this stuff. And this is like white privilege all the way. But like, in college, like he took his pants off and like put his butt on like some random news girl reporter from like the college from Tennessee. I think he was in Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee. Um, 
And then it just went away. It was just like, oh, Peyton Manning. <laughs> it was the 90s, so it was boys being boys or whatever. Yes. When it was like he was in college in like 97 or something like that, 98. So it was like all right to do. Well, maybe he, he wiped with like fucking wet wipes or some yeah, shit. I don't I was know. Like, can you imagine like a Lamar Jackson doing that? <laughs> or Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson doing oh, that? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Uh, no, but. <laughs> well, Deshaun Watson's done worse. Let's he, did, he didn't do his, his behind. He did his front hind. So yeah. <laughs> he did do it, but. Uh yeah no you hit the nail on <laughs> old Peyton Manning isn't he like a spokesperson for like really bad pizza Dude, he's, too he's a spokesperson for everything he does Oreo cookies with his brother he does Papa John's which is like the worst it pizza. is the worst like, pizza Papa John's doing Papa John like Shaq does that too like there's like a portion of yourself well, Shaq that, owns Papa John's now you he know owns that? like a portion of it but they like sold him a portion of it because they really needed a black athlete yeah to to like come out after all those like racist allegations. And, like, nobody wanted to do it. And so, shout out to Shaq for taking their money. But, like, nobody wanted to do it. Actually, their number one guy was LeBron James. Like, they were like, LeBron, we're going to give you, like, a portion of this and, like, do it. And, like, LeBron's like, oh, no, no, it's too close. And all that whole N-word thing was, like, not cool with me. Yeah. But I I do give Shaq a little bit of credit because it's, like, yeah, it's bad pizza. But, like, Shaq took their money and, like... Well, also too, he's like you've seen those commercials now, like where like like if you every shakaroni that you you buy, I give one dollar to like homeless, <laughs> homeless like teenagers. Yeah, he puts a kid through college or, or some shit. Like, yeah, something like that. I was like for every shakaroni, <laughs> I donate ten thousand dollars to the United yeah, Negro Fund. Like, yeah, it's like damn Shaq, like you really turned that shit around. It's yeah. still bad pizza. Like no, don't is. buy it. Like it's, it's not worth the shakaroni whatever i'm a big supporter of shacks my favorite basketball player of all time but i refuse to eat papa john's and it's not because it's racist not because i hate the way shack looks in that ridiculous fucking wig that he wears in the commercial it's just really bad pizza it makes my it gives me diverticulitis like brock lesnar every time yeah. i eat it that there's too much garlic up in that shit dude i remember the last time i had it it was it was so long ago that uh they were doing a promotion where like if when you bought a pizza they gave you a free movie and the movie that we got was weekend at bernie's too <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so bad i was like dude this is not only are they giving away shitty movies but like this pizza sucked i remember we didn't even finish it and like this is like me in my like junior high like fat boy thing where i was like eating whatever like uh-huh. i was i used to go through like fucking little caesar's pizza like nothing like and that's not even good pizza. God, that made me want to vomit. Dude, dude, but Little Caesars Pizza is like here, and like Papa John's is like down here, where it's like, dude, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you ever have fucking Papa John's or Little Caesars at your party, please abruptly uninvite me. I, I wonder, like, shot, Copper Kelly, do they have that over in like Ireland? Ireland or Nicole Smith Bosch? Did they have that in? Well, they're close enough to the boot. They probably have the fucking authentic shit. Oh, oh, like Italian pizza? Like, yeah, they probably have like real fucking mustache pizza making that shit. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, but like, I get it. Like, I'm not saying that, that pizza. Like, I'm sure that every country has pizza. No, oh, yeah. But like, do they have... Shitty pizza. Do they have shitty pizza? Do they have the shittiest pizza? Like, I'm trying to think of like who has shittier pizza. And like, that that one really is like up there. Like, there's like fucking AMPM pizza is right there with them. 
I'm trying to think like what else is like really I'd bad pizza. Fucking... I had really bad pizza at a at a at a sporting event one time, and I was like, "This sucks." Like, I'd rather eat Red Baron pizza from like the fucking dude, Red freezer. Red Baron's good. Yeah, dude, Red Baron. If you do it in the microwave and they give you the little box to put the pizza slices, mm. and it kind of crisps the bread, it's mm-hmm. so good, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, even though it like fucks up your top of your fucking yeah, mouth, it's rough, dude. All that fucking the blood. That's some good blood <laughs> that adds to the flavor. Yeah, dude. That <laughs> it's good stuff, man. Um. DiGiorno, like, dude, I'd, oh. I'd fuck DiGiorno's. Dude, remember ugh. when you used to, like, before we started the podcast, whenever we wanted to hang out, like. We just get a DiGiorno and cut it in half. Yeah, like, this watch is your DiGiorno. <laughs> and we would just watch each other eat, like, two mad dogs. You know, like, dogs are very territorial <laughs> with their food. We're like, oh, he, he's thinking about coming over here and eating my last slice. <laughs> I better finish this slice because I don't want him to have it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got some I'm white not, foam right here. I'm not even hungry. I'm just going to eat this so he doesn't eat it later. <laughs> <laughs> There's a piece of crust right there. We're both like looking at it intently. Man, no, the Giorno is good. Like, Shout out to yeah, Giorno. Yeah, but like Papa John's, like, dude, if, if if Papa John's was my only pizza experience, like, I'd be really thin right now. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so your Taco Bell. That's my Taco Well, pizza? Yeah, I love pizza, dude. Yeah, so... I, where anyway. were we at with Colin Finnerty? So they find him dead. <laughs> so he's dead now. Um, they, they find him dead, and yeah, there's some strange things. What's going on with his overalls? Uh, the enlarged heart, also the oxycontin in the system, um, also alcohol. Like that, his family was his family aware that he was taking oxycontin, and um, and was he that they know that he was also drinking while doing it? And like, there's that's kind of one of those things that I think that 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 happens fairly often in most American homes for like most people that are on medication, like don't do it the right way or don't take it often or drink alcohol with it. Or like, um, even though they say like, you better cut that shit in half, whatever you're doing, you better not drink anymore. And then they still drink whatever they do. They they do it like four times. Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to drink. Oh, it's, it's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. Dude, chill out, man. Anyways. Um, You don't tell me what to do, Bertha. Dude, Trump won, dude. <laughs> Trump won because he didn't listen to you. They stole the election, and I'm going to uh, keep your Jewish government hand out of my pocket. I'm not saying that that's what his beliefs were. I'm just saying that when it came to medicine, that's what his beliefs were. Yes, he was very liberal he, in he, that he, sense. He sounds like he wouldn't be like taking the, the shot right now. Ooh. Anyways, he sounds like a cool guy, though. But anyways... Uh, <laughs> Um, he gets to a point, they basically find his body, they do the investigation, they find that the pings were coming all over the forest, miles apart, all over the place, even though his body's only found, I think, what, like less than a mile away from his boat? A mile and a half. A mile and a half away from his boat. So it's like, what was going on there? Was he running around? What the hell was going on? Uh, as they do a little further investigation. Oh, one thing, I, I just want to put a quick pin to the to to the to the weirdos out there shout out to all my weirdos out there that love the weird shit uh this forest at this point if you're doing a lookup of 2013 the year that he was found to be missing there was an abnormally large amount of people that went missing in in around that river so Is yeah so everyone that's like hey some weird shit's going on there's a point right there on your side but as we investigate his body more we find signs of cte in his brain um which I think is the leading theory of what happened here. I do too. Um, well, the thing about that is too is like a lot of like is, this is like right around the time that you know CT like like rears its head like into like 
national consciousness. And so the family send their sends his brain to Boston University, where they're like the leaders of like this examination. So a lot of players at this time, when they're donating their bodies to science or donating their brains to be examined, uh, it's headed to to this university. And uh, Chris Nowitzki, uh, former WWE wrestler, also mm-hmm. a fucking apparently fucking medical expert. Uh, he's like one of the leaders in this field when it comes to CTE. Uh, he's actually one of the people that examined Chris Benoit's brain. Uh, shout out to whatever episode that was when we covered it, and you know, determined like he had like stage four, uh, you know, uh, CTE, and his brain was that of like a seventy-nine-year-old fucking person with dementia or whatever. Uh, he actually examines Colin Finnerty's brain and said he had stage two CTE. So I believe there's four stages of CTE. And Colin, at his very young life, I believe he was born in 82, so he's like 30 years old at this time. Yeah, he's barely 30 or whatever. He's really? a little, just barely a little older than we are. Yeah, and uh, he's already at stage two, and that's that's a big stage to be at at that level in your life, especially since he hadn't made it into the NFL. But due to the fact of how he played on the field, he fucking accelerated like that, that brain uh, trauma to him. So... It, when you watch the documentaries, the early documentaries about his life, uh, they, they kind of ignore this. But then they kind of do a thing, too, like where they like amend like that documentary. And they add like all bonus 15 minutes to it. Mm-hmm. And Chris Nowitzki actually like makes an appearance on there. And shout out to the Fox Sports documentary that you can find on YouTube. Uh, they do this thing like where they will talk to like his former teammates and his coaches and they're like, oh, Colin, like he never had like a concussion. Well, there was like one time and we promptly took him out. But other than that, like he never had a concussion. And then it goes, to, you know, it transitions to, you know, Chris Nowitzki talking about it. And he goes, I highly doubt looking at his brain that he only had one concussion. And if he only had one concussion, it's only one concussion that he let people let know about. So the thing is, is like, before Chris Benoit, before all that shit fucking took place, fucking, you had players, like, they would get, like, their lights rung, and yeah. they would go back into the game. They would shake it off. They would put some dirt in it, if you will. That that was, like, the culture of not only football, but pro wrestling, or any fucking physical sport, if you will. And now, I mean, there's fucking concussion protocols and whatnot, because they don't want you to go in and further damage your brain. But Colin very much was playing at a time where it's just like, if you got your bell rung, like taking a hard hit, you know, from, you know, a linebacker or even to yourself, uh, you would just go back out there and keep those fucking wheels going because, God damn it, we got to win this game. Yeah. You know, this, I, I didn't even intend on talking about this, but I, Jay Cutler, former quarterback for the Bears, he has his own podcast, which I got to give him credit. Like most, most times I hear like former athlete, like even like, Bears, former athletes, or like just athletes that I, I like, and then all of a sudden they do a podcast. And I'm always like, God damn, this sucks! Like, dude, you're just not that interesting. You don't deserve a podcast. Like, I don't want to listen to this. Jay Cutler's podcast is actually like super interesting, like because he says things like what I'm about to say. Uh, somebody was on there and they asked him like, Hey, I think it was his first episode. They asked him like did you ever have a concussion while playing? And, and he's like, yeah, man, I had like six or seven concussions while playing. Um, they just, they just don't, we really don't really talk about them. And it's just because I get back out there and it's like, what about concussion protocol? It's like, sometimes somebody from the team would come over and be like, today's June 26th. The president is this person. The last play you did this, you ran a X, Y, Z to the left. And then you, you got hit. 
Um, and then the concussion guy would come over and ask me those same questions, and they'd be like, cool, you're good to go. Get back out there. Uh-huh. And I would go back out there, and I'd be like, hey, guys, this is a running play because I have no idea what's going on. Let me just get my wits back together. Yeah. And, like, he's like, that's that's how the NFL is. And then they were like, dude, aren't you afraid that the NFL is going to, like, like blackball you now? Like, that was, like, his very first episode. He's like, dude, honestly, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm out here in, like, Tennessee, like, hunting chickens. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about the NFL anymore. So, like, it is a good, like, insight insight of, like, NFL player, like, kind of guy who doesn't care about, like, shit anymore. And he is very, like... He's Fuck. not trying to get fucking NBC oh, like, yeah. sports he, analysis he's money. He's lost all those jobs. Like, there's no yeah. way they're gonna put him on like on like anything. Monday Night Football. Oh yeah, he's he's done. He's not getting any commercials anymore. Um, but it is a good like insight because he doesn't just talk about football. But anyways, just to hear that, I'm like, dude, the NFL's like concussion protocol is like if that is true and that is and I think it is true. I I believe him that he would. That didn't sound like a story he just made up on the spot mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um. It, it sounds really fucked up. Like, there's so many hits. Like, you know, it's not even the concussion hits. The concussion hits that actually, like, knock you out. But it's that accumulative hits and like... In Rocking. And, you know, high school, college, year after year, practices, everything, that you know, like, that really fuck up NFL players. Like, you know, and not just NFL players, NHL players, you, you know... Is it John Bone Jones, the dude that, like, can't help but stay out of trouble? Like... Yeah. Like... I'm not saying that that's what he has, but I have a feeling that that's what he has. Like, if I was a betting man and, like, the bet was, does this dude have CTE or we're going to find that out about him in a few years, I'd be a betting man to say, like, yeah, that's why this dude's uh, is so fucking erratic and out of the way. One of my favorite podcasts, and I've mentioned this a million times on this show, is The Fighter and the Kid. It's Brendan Schaub, uh, former UFC uh, fighter, former uh, University of Colorado uh, running back, uh, former Golden Gloves boxer. Uh, <laughs> All of that physical shit, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's a that's a common theme. That's a, a common thing that he actually jokes about about himself, like when he fucks up or goes up, go over his words or whatever. He's always like, "Up, oh, it's a CT kicking in or whatever again and whatnot." And every guest that comes on, they always talk about like, "Aren't you concerned about like CT?" And he's like, "Yeah, it, it's something that like fucking weighs heavy on my mind. Like I did all of these things at a young age, all the way up until like my late twenties." And he goes, "I didn't transition careers until I got into like stand up comedy. Until I met Brian Callen, and he took me out of that world. Till Joe Rogan shamed me out of the UFC because I was gonna get my fucking lights knocked out by the guy that's fucking my ex girlfriend, fucking Travis Brown." And um, yeah, like they always talk about that. Like where it's just like some guys they could probably you know, go throughout their whole lives, live a whole normal life or whatever. And CT doesn't necessarily affect them. And he goes, I'm hoping I'm one of those guys, but you see people and he, goes, and he talks about his idol junior say, where it's just like, seems to have like everything going like in the good, right direction, handsome fucking has a beautiful family. Uh, just all these great things you can say. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, just sticks a fucking gun in the middle of his chest, in the middle of his chest and kills himself and um, saves himself, saves his brain for a study of CT, and he has this fucking, fucking degenerative fucking brain, and it's just like, holy shit. He goes, is that something I have to worry about in my 40s, in my 50s, in my 60s? When yeah. is that, when is that fucking, that fucking, when is that pendulum going to drop? And he goes, I hope it's never, you know, because he has two kids and whatnot, but, like, you see people, like, in their 30s, like a Cole Infinity, like, you, immediately, you see the expert on CT, Chris Nowitzki, saying, like, dude, at his age, he's already at stage two. Like, that's fucking super alarming. And we're talking about, like, 
how he had that episode early, like a year earlier, you know, like where he's driving home from Detroit and goes, takes a right, you know, a hundred miles in another direction. Cause he thinks the FBI is like following him. That to me, like signals is like, Oh shit. Maybe he had something already in him, like some kind of mental illness already in him. And then CTE just fucking stirred the pot even more, like fucking exasperate, exacerbated it even more. Well, I think it's the pain. I don't think it, I mean, maybe from his childhood or something like that, but I don't think that you need to have something like this plus this equals. I mean, I think it's like literally the head injury. Like mm-hmm. the head injury itself is is the X factor. Like that is a very serious thing. Like head injuries are no joke. One of the one of the guys that's like really outspoken about it, another Bears quarterback, Jim McMahon, who you don't hear about him that often, but because he he does play like he does show up to all the Bears events, and he is like very much the likable guy, but he's admitted, like, I can't remember things. I can't remember a few minutes ago. I can't remember those things. Like, I I blank out, and sometimes I just need to, like, like my, my wife needs to come over and sit me down because I don't know why I'm just staying in the middle of the room. Those are scary things. That is scary shit. And then he's like, this is all football. Like, this is all, all the hits, every hit that I took. Like, like, and then he's like, I think he's in his 60s now, and, like, yeah. um, I mean, he talks about that. He's very open about that stuff. And then, like, you know, he's he does all these like medical treatments now, where he, like he has to have his like his, bi- his spine realigned all the time. But it's it's a very serious thing. And then, and I always, you know, when we talked about like, um, uh, like transgender people fighting the UFC, like I always think like, man, those are like not that I don't care about those, but like that it's it's almost like a non-issue. Like that's like not even like a thing. Like why like what why are we talking about this like there's clearly dudes in all these sports in nfl like dudes that leave the game that are just not right that are just you know down mm-hmm. the line the dude from the kansas city chiefs that went into the chiefs facility and committed suicide yes. like um it, it happens more often they're they're not always super big and super violent but a lot of times they're they are jim mcmahon they just can't remember why he's staying in the middle of a room it, it just doesn't get documented yeah because that's one thing that brendan shop like they'll talk about the whole aaron hernandez thing and they're like are you worried that you're gonna think he goes no because you look at a peyton manning like we're not worried about peyton manning fucking you know becoming like a murderer or whatever and aaron, shout out to that aaron hernandez uh mm-hmm. episode that we did <laughs> very poorly where all, all of this should have been talked about but um I mean, I do think it, it affects everybody a little bit differently. Also, too, depending on the severity. It does, but we don't know. I mean, Peyton Manning's still young. Like, yeah, exactly. And Peyton Manning can't feel one of his hands. Mm-hmm. Like, there is nerve damage there. We don't know the extent of it until, like, he's down the line. Like, mm-hmm. it it's it's tough. Like, it, it it is tough. Sometimes, like, you just see erratic behavior. Like, you know, I'm just naming off, like, Bears players. Or well, whatever, on the but, Patreon, we were talking about rugs. You know, the 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 wide receiver from the Raiders, you yeah. know, who fucking got into that car accident, only 22 years old. But I mean, you got to think he'd, he'd, you don't just fucking make it to the NFL. You know, you're 22 years old. You should be like in your junior year of fucking college at that point. If you hadn't been playing football for like yeah. X amount of years and whatnot. And I mean, he's a wide receiver. I'm sure he's taking a few hits driving 156 miles per hour, you know, in a Corvette, like who fuck, I mean, yeah, you're young and you, you do stupid shit when you're young, but m- maybe you got rocked just a little bit right and that yeah. fucking caused you to make like a poor decision like that. You mentioned John Jones cannot for the life of him keep himself out of trouble. You look at Conor McGregor, like he seems to he's be- He's another guy. I don't want to say like he's another poster boy for that stuff, but he's a dude that went from like, not that he's never been eccentric. He's always been eccentric. But now it's like 
you know, like throwing a throwing a dolly through a window and like slapping an old man and like mm-hmm. you know however you may feel about like his sexual assault allegations. Like they're, I mean, they're just it's just so many little things that you know sports organizations, whether it be UFC, whether it be NFL, whether it be NHL, like they need to pay attention to these things way more. Like and. And that they make uh, that's a whole different conversation, but they do make really bullshit things. We're like, we're gonna make the turf softer, and like, <laughs> it's uh, like we're gonna, uh, we're gonna get put rubber of, beads in the grass. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, no, like you need to figure out a way to like <laughs> take care of these players. Like after again to reference the Patreon when we're talking about you know today's Veterans Day or whatnot, like all these people that show up for the parades, but are you really showing up to the polls to get these veterans the real help that they need, like? No, you're not. You're just you're wanting to wave a flag so you can feel good about yourself because you're supporting a good cause and whatnot. But what about getting these people the proper help that they need? I was mentioning like what Brendan Shaw was talking about. Like everybody's going to CD is probably going to affect everybody differently. And what they're thinking is it kind of like amplifies some of the worst qualities of some of these people, you know. And what if like you, you have a young player, you know, and some of his bad qualities is, you know, being reckless, you know, being you know, an abuser or something like that. We're going to give him typically, you know, the, the the average career of a football player is like five and a half years. Yeah. You're going to have some outliers like fucking Tom Brady that yeah. plays into their forties or whatnot, but five and a half years, you got to think 17 games or 18 games now, fucking season of fucking getting rocked or whatever. What is that life going to look like at the end of that career? You know, what are we, and what are we doing to monitor that? Like, those are the questions I feel like the NFL should be asking themselves. And are we monitoring it while they're playing? Like one of the guys, I don't know why they just popped into my my head. He's, he's almost the poster boy for all this. Antonio Brown went from like being like a really good wide receiver, like no different than like Julio Jones and like all those guys. He gets hit in the head to the point where he blacks out on the field by Vontez Perfect against, you know, the the Cincinnati Bengals game. And I remember watching that game live and like that dude like basically getting laid out and he like looked dead. Yeah, and then he comes back, he, he he comes back like a week later when the when the when the Steelers are out of the out of the playoff picture at that point cuz they got kicked out of the playoffs the next week. Um and then he, I don't want to say he hasn't been the same since, but he's been very erratic since. Correct. Like everything he's doing, he's switched multiple teams. He's been on the Raiders. He's been on the Patriots. He he like tries to get his life together. He's like farting in people's faces, like literally, like, like it's, it's bad. And like, mm-hmm. he wasn't even like this that long ago. And mm-hmm. he is one of those dudes that like, could that have been the hit that like just took him over the edge where it's just like switched his life? Yeah. I mean, you even talk about, okay, to go back a little bit, like we're talking about Aaron Hernandez. That's a fucking tragic fucking life right there. But then also go back to like fucking OJ Simpson. You know, that's a dude that, you know, he didn't do nothing wrong though. Really? OJ? No. Well, he made some really bad Scouts movies. Scouts honor, bro. <laughs> Scouts honor. He made some really bad movies, but at the if you believe he didn't do it, right? Let's just live <laughs> in that I don't know if he did. I think his son did it. No, I think he did it. Um, <laughs> but even even if he's innocent for killing, you know, his ex-wife yeah, yeah, yeah. and her her boyfriend or whatever, um, he still was. You know, he he was very abusive to her. You know, and whatnot. Like that's like a fact. Like that's not you know anything that he can be found not guilty of. Right? That's that's documented right 
Um, but you got to look at it that like does CTE would CTE play a part into OJ Simpson even after like the whole fucking you know uh, murder trial whatnot he goes crazy because somebody's selling like fucking uh, memorabilia of his that you know he no longer owns goes crazy on them in Las Vegas and gets incarcerated for that as well yeah no you're right yeah uh, did you ever watch that movie the OJ versus the people whatever oh is that the one where um the friends actor is like his lawyer or something? yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dude that movie or it's like a miniseries or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. that miniseries and like teaching myself how to cook chinese food like that it got me through a breakup dude oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I always think about that that time period and i'm like yeah that was probably like some like just being really sad about a breakup where like yeah. i marathon an episode and like teach myself how to cook a different asian dish <laughs> <laughs> but i think i handled that pretty well could make some badass yeah. fucking of general mouse chicken. Of all the things that like that could turn into a vice, like learning how to cook and watching OJ versus the people, not the worst. Yeah, your parents raised you right. <laughs> <laughs> There's no CT on this side of the table. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to say like going back to um, to Cullen, uh, but I I, I don't want to say like for sure we 100% know that that's what's going on. But you have to admit this seems to be the most likely culprit. Mm-hmm. Um, the irrational behavior, like that flipping the switch on and off type of thing where like he goes into these full-on scared animal in a corner type of scenarios mm-hmm. where he doesn't know where he's going, doesn't know he hears people following him. And maybe he already had a little bit of that, but the CTE exemplified that. And then not only that, but then he's taking oxycodone, which is nothing to fuck around with, right? And that adds on to it. You're drinking on top of that. So you're you're creating this cocktail, this perfect storm for a disaster. Absolutely. I man, I mean, I didn't mean this to be a the CTE episode, but it's definitely a real issue mm-hmm. in like in sporting events. And we're both big sports guys. Like we both love sports. And with probably the exception of like basketball, where like there's no like major hits unless something really bad happened, where like, like some dude lands on his head or like Ron Artest like elbows a dude, yeah. elbows James Harden in the face. Jokic like knocks over Marquise yeah. Morris. Dude, Marquise Morris, I'm so glad that that happened though. <laughs> that was I, I hate Marquise Morris. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, dude, like, like I didn't want to post anything about it and be like, fuck that guy. Like, I hate that guy. He's the one of the most annoying dudes in the NBA, man. I yeah. can't stand that guy. But, uh, <laughs> But um, but it's wrong to do it, kids or whatever. Yeah. Like, but it is one of those things that like you're a dad now. Like, if your kid was like, I'm gonna, I want to play football. I want to play football in high school or whatever. Like, would you let your kid play football, or would you be like, dude, why don't you just try fucking basketball? Well, we're watching a lot of basketball right now, so I'm hoping that like uh, that seeps in. Uh, and that boy, he's got an arm on him. So um, I I I really not to keep fucking going to, down the Brendan Schaub fucking yeah. way of life. You do but love Brendan Schaub. He's a very handsome guy. He's pretty funny okay. sometimes, but um, great podcast. He has like six or seven of them. Um, but he 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 breaks it down pretty well. He goes, okay, is the juice going to be worth the squeeze, right? And his father put him into sports just because it's like, dude, Brendan, you have the potential to make it to the NFL. You know, come out of fucking Colorado and make something of your life, which he did. He makes it to the UFC. He has a couple of coffee with the buffalo bills you know for some times he does he goes to a really good program gets a proper business education at the university of colorado so the juice was worth the squeeze his two sons if they're they show promise like that then yes like let's get you in there but let's monitor this like he he talks about how he's a helicopter dad he i think tiger his young his oldest son 
he put him in jujitsu just because like he has like a, a big uh, fascination with it right now. But he's like right there. He's monitoring. He's making sure like, hey, fucking coach isn't having him have like head blows or fucking landing wrong or anything like that. Like he's he's right there helicoptering, hover, hover parenting or whatever. If I see that my son, it, like there's potential there to make something out of it then I'll have to let him until like it shows like, Hey, if all you're going to do is end up playing just for BC and then like, you're just prolonging the fact that well, you have you, to get a job like tell, at AT&T. Like, I mean, you know, you know, like you said, like NFL, like you're the top 1% of the 1%, right? If you're, if you're, if you're at the junior college level and like you're, you're behind somebody, then it's just like, all right, we need to, we need to focus, we need to focus gears on getting you into you know, uh, a proper like, you know, business degree or something like that. What else are you passionate? Are you passionate about music? Hey, let's look at like engineering or something like that. But if he's like the fucking, like if he's like setting fucking, you know, us fucking records or whatever, then I guess, yeah, then let's look at it, but let's make sure that we're not fucking having like those coaches that are fucking, you know, making you just rub dirt in it and go back out there on the field. No, I'm going to be that dad. I will jump on that field and make sure like, no, fuck. If he got a concussion, no, I'm pulling him from the team. We're not fucking having that shit, you know? And I think that's where that line between parent and coach, like I know from my past where like the coach became pretty much the owner of that child during like whatever sports and hey Seuss or whoever else listens to this used to play sports or whatever you can either back me up or contest this but I remember like when I used to play sports like that was almost always the case you drop the kid off coach owns those kids for like that hour and a half practice or that game if you will like there is no fucking uh there's a fucking wall there whatever coach says that goes and I think that needs to fucking that wall needs to come down and I mean, I see it with some of my coworkers as well. Um, they talk about like how like, oh, coach wants my kid to do this. And it's like, fuck that. If that was my kid, that would not be happening. So I think it's like, it's one of those things you got to look at. I don't, I hope he doesn't get into it just because it's just like, just looking at this. Like, I don't want to, that's my biggest fear is having to bury my, my own son one day. Like I want my kid to outlive me. I don't want that shit yeah, to happen. Yeah. But if that is his dream, like I'm going to make sure he follows that dream and the juice is worth the squeeze and he's going to be something, then I'm going to make sure he fucking as many protocols are going to be followed as possible because it's just like, who am I to say no to on that? But at the same time, it's just like, you do see this and you're like, oh my God. So I think it's one of those things like education wise. Yeah. Well, I you mean, gotta, you got these episodes, I'm going to make him listen to like an episode like this or fucking watch uh, Chris Novitsky videos about fucking Chris Benoit and whatnot and be like, Hey, are you sure this is the path that you want to take? Because your life is in your own hands after, <laughs> after you're 18. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's, it's tough to say like that, you know, you know, but the reality is like, you don't know. Cause like how many dudes are in the NFL? Like very little. Like it's, 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 it's a, such a small percentage of the mm-hmm. people that play football on this planet. It's very small. And like, you see so many like, like JUCO like athletes or whatever that still try to make it into like Division One football and like mm-hmm. from Division One football maybe I'll get a scout to come see me and I'll make it to like a practice squad kind of thing and like and like that's knocking on the door of an NFL team and like maybe like there's that road like there's like dudes like John Franklin the Third who was on that show like the Last Chance You who like made it onto the Bears and I think he's on the Bucks now and like. 
You know, he was playing like JUCO football, and like I, I think that's even one percent of the one percent because you hear those stories, but that's usually more times than not. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is like all those dudes that were in that class with him, all the dudes that were grinding it out with him in like community colleges and like some backwoods thing, like backwoods state or whatever. Like mm-hmm. those are the dudes that like is this going to be worth it? And like you can make an argument both ways, and I think that's the scary part. That's just like. Yeah that it's like the argument is so both ways and like i almost think that it's it's like no man like you need to like just graduate college (laughs) like that should be like that's the more sure shot thing like that that's like if if like your kid comes out with the argument of saying like i want to win the lotto so i'm going to buy a lotto ticket every day until i win the lotto ticket like like that's not a uh, people have won the lottery like that does happen like mm-hmm. that's not like a terrible plan <laughs> but it is a unlikely plan and it's like this is the more sure shot thing like this is the this is probably the road you should go down like i don't know i mean it, it's tough I, I i could see the drive and the passion in like sports athletes that i'm just it's and hard and those are things that all great stories are made out of like we love hearing those things that it's just like i never had a plan b because my plan a i just kept following that and it's like yeah fuck yeah but then at yeah. the end of the day like how many people can tell that story yeah one percent of the one percent and so how many people had that plan and are now like fucking working. Bro, I thought I was gonna play power forward for the fucking Lakers, and I fucking stopped growing in the seventh grade. Dude, and- <laughs> that that whole like I ain't gonna plant be like that literally is a line I heard from that last chance you mm-hmm. show, and it's just like it's sad because that there that the reality is like the to quote the great J Cole, there's only eleven spots on the Pistons, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like. Uh, you ain't gonna make it, dude. Like you need, you need something else. And it's just like I hate to burst people's bubbles, but it's like that's the reality. Like this is so like thin. Like, like that line is like, I wouldn't want to say like borderline not worth it. But unless your kid grows up to be like six foot three and like looks like Julius Peppers, then I'd probably be like, nah, you probably just stick to books. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're five foot eight, one ninety five, like yeah, you ain't gonna be the power four for any fucking basketball yeah. team. And then, and then I think that for Brendan Shaw, it's different because he is like six foot three and like looks well, he's like six four. And yeah, like, yeah, like he's a big guy. Like he looks like he could be a defensive end in the NFL or a tight end in the NFL. Like he he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. I could see why somebody would be like, oh yeah, I would encourage you to do something like that. Like the likelihood is different. And the same <laughs> thing though, he has an older brother, same height, same weight, everything. Did not have any of that athletic prowess, but Brendan had it. And his dad was like, nah, uh, what's his brother's name? Fuck, I forgot Matt his brother. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but his brother's like, nah, you need to graduate with a business degree. <laughs> and he basically runs fucking, you know, the business aspect of the family business or whatever. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a tough fucking question to ask because you don't want to kill, you don't want to shit on anyone's dream, but you do got to keep a foot planted in reality. Because I, I, that would fucking break my heart to have fucking what happened to Cole Infinity here happen to fucking my son. You you have to keep a foot plan in reality. You can't listen to the Nike commercial that's like, just do it, train harder than everyone else, and everything will work out fine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not the reality. Like, the reality is you can be the hardest working dude. You could be, you can have like Michael Jordan's genetics and like, be in the wrong car you can be in the car that was riding with tupac yeah like <laughs> or ricky at the end of fucking boys in the hood and shit you know like, that is reality like you can take the wrong 
Um, I'll say this though: the people that make most of the money, it's kind of like the gold rush. Uh-huh. I'll tell my son this: the people that made the money is yeah. There were some people that got rich off the gold dust or the gold gold dust off of the gold rush. <laughs> <laughs> gold dust. Uh-huh. Some people got rich off the gold rush, but the people that really made money, money was the people that sold supplies to the people seeking that dream of gold and fortune or whatever, right? So, like, I would keep telling them to keep that in mind. The people that make money in athletics, yeah, you you have the LeBron James that are there. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, you know, the billionaires or whatever, the one billionaire in the fucking league or whatever. But the people that actually make the money are the fucking agents, the lawyers, the accountants, like those motherfuckers. And there's more jobs out there like that than there are on the court. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so with that said, Art, got anything else, my guy? Um, No, that's it. Um, Fuck sports. No, I'm just kidding. Don't play sports. Don't watch sports. Yeah. Only listen to the St. Clown Posse. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm going to keep watching sports. I love sports. I was, mm-hmm. you know, as uh, this topic had already been suggested and we already had it on the on, on deck to, like, cover this. And I was watching Monday Night Football, like the Bears were playing, the Steelers, and Justin Fields was out there, like getting like tossed around because they have the worst O line, and the refs won't call it both ways. I just want to say that that game was like, if there was ever an argument for a game being fixed, that was probably the one. But um, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> but I was like, damn, like if this dude comes out to have like CTE when he's like forty five and like he like can't remember his name, and all of a sudden he's like. Like, all that speech impediment, dude. I'm going to blame it on this game and those fucking rabbits. <laughs> Just saying. Anyways, guys, uh, Tell Your Mommy Boo Boo 2 shall live with Jack Mattel. This was Warren. Uh, and teach then, your kids how to play table tennis and not fucking UFC. Yeah. Play soccer. You can make a lot of money. So- the highest player, the highest paid player in the world plays soccer. That's true. Just saying. There you go. And he ain't got no CTE. There you go. Uh, so with that said, everybody, if we said something fucked up that you don't agree with or you want to continue this conversation, I highly recommend getting at us on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America on all the social medias, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Uh, head on over to our YouTube page where we put these episodes out on YouTube every single week. Use about a day or two later. It takes me a little bit more time to edit those together. Uh, but head on over there. Uh, if you want to support us in any kind of way, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash art jacob do america where every week we put together an episode that nine times out of ten are better than the actual episode that you're getting for free today so this week again no exception i think we cover a lot of ground uh talking about the whole astral world incident and um the rug situation where you know we killed a person um head on over there to get contacts with some of the stuff we were talking about today uh, that helps us a lot. Uh, if you want to help us in another way, uh, in a cheaper way, uh, head on over to artjacobdoamerica.com where Art has supplied links to our merch store at tpublic.com. And I always tell you guys, it's not so much to help us monetarily, but it kind of gets the good work, good word out there. If you're out uh, at a football game, you're out at the gym, you're just doing it, you're running the bluffs or just whatever. Just do it. Um, and they see you with an Art and Jacob Do America t-shirt out there. That's like a billboard. That helps get the good word out. So head on over there. Um, head on over to the Podbelly Network where uh, we have other great podcasts such as the Great and Powerful Sofa King. I did an episode about Snoop Dogg I thought was pretty good. Shout out to Dave. I didn't know you were into West Coast hip hop like that. We're going to probably have to have you on to talk about Doggy Style or some shit like that. Uh, but head check them out. Check my homeboy Eddie Eddie's podcast out, the RRBG podcast, where every week he fucking interviews someone fucking famous. So head on over there. Uh, but other than that, I hear, speaking of my son, I hear my son playing in the background. So 
I gotta go fucking uh, make sure he's okay and doesn't get CT from hitting the ground or anything. Oh damn, that's that's the other thing I worry about as a kid. I'm like, did I get CT from like hitting something? Oh, I fell off I the used fucking to do ladder, dumb dude. Dumb shit, dude. Yeah, I did too. I got hit in the head with a softball once. I uh, fell down some stairs on purpose in a box. I was inside of a fuck? box and I threw myself down the stairs. Yeah, I probably have CT. <laughs> Or I'm a serial killer. What That's the other thing that serial killers grow up to be, like, when you get hit in the head. We're going to get you over at BetterHelp.com. <laughs> Use promo code Arndick. Use promo code AstroWorld. <laughs> AstroGlide. And with that said, everybody, goodbye and good night. Good night. Police ruled out foul play, and the initial autopsy was unable to determine the cause of death. In search of an explanation, the Finnerty family looked back into Cullen's past. Finnerty's brain was sent to Boston University to determine whether he suffered from CTE or chronic traumatic encephalopathy, a degenerative brain disease caused by repeated head trauma, common in football players. Colin Finnerty was stage two out of four, four being the most severe. So he had had it for a few years and it was starting to advance throughout his brain even after he'd stopped playing. To me, he wasn't damaged. To think that he would have dementia, I don't think so. I just didn't see any signs of that. I knew Colin enough to know that he had his head screwed on pretty straight. I was around him every day, and you have to do so much communicating on the field that it just can't be done if you're concussed. The one time he did have one, it was it was obvious right away on the sidelines. It doesn't make sense from the, my 20 years coaching. I don't believe for a second that the Colin Finnery only had one symptomatic hit to the head, but I do believe that only had one diagnosed. You know, it's impossible to connect Colin Finnerty having stage two CTE to the series of circumstances that led to his death. I think what you can safely say is that when you have this sort of brain disease, you're not the same person you used to be. If you're dealing with any situation in life, you'd prefer not to have a rotting brain inside your skull. DOC, no one can do it better like this, that, and this, and uh, it's like that, and like this, and like that, and uh, it's like this, then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.